And we are live. If I listen closely, I try to determine when and where it is that you actually put my mic on. Oh, there's my audio. So I can time it as well. Because I know you got you know, your fancy moves over there. I'm like, well, maybe I got to have some fancy moves as well. Because what yeah. a day. What a day today is. Today is unlike other days because it's only once a day, once in, one time per year at least. Not once a day. Mm. One day per year that we got new Samsung S devices. And today is that day. Mm-hmm. It is February 1st. And we are here, of course, at noon Eastern time. And we're going to do a little something a little bit different here where uh, we're going to do a launch party together. Have you ever heard of such things? Yeah. So basically... I go on watch parties. Launch parties are the same, right? Oh, watch party. Oh, you're talking about when you put the outfit on and all that. Sure. Yeah, when you're doing the... The cosplays? The winter is coming. Yeah. Thing, when you had all the dragons and stuff like yeah that it's ex- it's like that but instead it's for a new tech gadget a new novel item uh-huh. and in this case it's going to be more than one item uh-huh today we have s23 s23 plus s23 ultra as as well as some other goodies and we have our own video dropping which is very uh, unusual it's starring yourself actually yeah solving things and that's going to be happening at 1 p.m so in about an hour so it's kind of wild like there's a lot of things jam-packed yeah we have this show we are going to be discussing these devices like sort of in advance of samsung's live stream Uh we'll be discussing what to expect and so forth then the live stream will happen at 1 p.m but that will be the same moment, hopefully, that you can go watch our video on the devices. Like I said, I don't think you've really seen a <laughs> I don't think you've seen an unboxing video quite like this one, the one that we did. I, is that fair to say, Will? It's a team effort. Is it fair to sure. say? Is it fair to say that yeah. you haven't seen an unboxing video quite like that one? So that's going to happen at one. So it's just, it's a lot going on here today. We're happy to have you with us. We're happy that you're sharing your time with us. Welcome. On a Wednesday. And that of all the places you can find out about this new stuff, you want to find out about it together. And we will be live through the entirety of the process. We will be holding your hand. Mm-hmm. But not too firmly, just in a in a soft and supple way. Oh, yeah, that's what we'll be doing today. Mm. So I see a bunch of people piling in over here. Now, what do we know about S twenty three, S twenty three plus, and S twenty three ultra? Well, a lot of rumors have emerged uh, recently as far as specifications, options, even price points even mm. some some suggestions on price points here we have uh, s23 rumors ahead of the samsung unpacked event uh the s23 i mean this is all happening at 1 p.m so the entry level model s23 regular is obviously going to be the smallest of the bunch mm-hmm. and along with being the smallest device it means you're going to get the smallest battery but you've also got the smallest display so hopefully there's a bit of an offsetting thing occurring there as far as battery life is concerned uh otherwise specification wise is going to be very similar to the plus model but just at a cheaper price point Mm -hmm. rumors kind of place it under a grand for sure 
and in USD, pro- probably maybe somewhere around eight hundred bucks. Mm. Okay, for S right there, you're gonna have the top tier Snapdragon spec on it. You're gonna get uh, well. I mean, we have rumors for storage, but it's all pretty typical as far as the hardware is concerned. Display. Uh, on the other hand, we're going to be looking at some pretty bright displays, especially for those non-flagship models. I mean, they're all flagship models, but I mean everything but the Ultra. Mm. And this was a rumor we covered here on Lou Later about 1750 nits of brightness across the board. We've also seen some rumors on different color options. And the main thing is we're having a whole new design on these devices. Uh. So they are now about as simple and minimal as you can possibly get. The camera section embedded almost completely now outside of the actual cylindrical shapes. Like otherwise, like they barely poke out and bump out Mm. uh, compared to, well, generations of old. And particularly on the Ultra models, which used to have some of the biggest camera humps in the business. Mm. Now it's all jam-packed in there, including... Uh, a, a more advanced camera array we have seen the rumors as well of the 200 megapixel sensor mm-hmm. which i can neither confirm nor deny at the moment but 200 megapixel sensor which can offer you some low light advantages when you're actually kind of piling those together or it can offer you intense beyond intense resolution if you're an absolute maniac now, one thing we're not going to be hearing about today is any type of foldable, but that's not a surprise because that's not what this event has been about. This is about big flagship devices from Samsung that they do every single year, and it's about big zoom, typically optical, and it's about big cameras in general. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's about the continued convergence of the Note series and the Ultra model because mm-hmm. you may remember not very long ago, it was two separate events and two separate devices. If you wanted the pen, you were in the Note universe. Mm. And if you didn't care for the pen, then you were more looking at Ultra. And also the spec sheets were slightly different. Now, and, and I kind of like the convergence because it was getting a little crazy with selection uh, and options. So just make one Ultra device, put the pen in there. You kind of keep the Note series alive for those that want the pen input. But you just make one true top-tier flagship phone with the spec sheet that everybody wants. Now, the curious part about this launch is what are the promos going to be? By promos, I mean cost because obviously you and I have covered extensively sort of what's been going on in the smartphone market and the difficulty that manufacturers have have had in regards to supply chain, in regards to consumer demand, and in regards to more general economic factors that may be influencing people's interest in upgrading their smartphone, especially to an extremely premium uh, device. So uh, everything at the moment seems to be indicating that these are going to continue to be extremely expensive smartphones. Granted, in the past, Samsung has done some sort of like side promos in order to kind of lessen this thing ever so slightly. Mm. And that in some cases means some sort of rebate, some sort of deduction for some sort of trade-in or if you pre-order from their website directly, a credit towards an accessory. We've seen such a variety of uh, different 
ways in which Samsung attempts to incentivize and and modify sort of your your impression of that day one type mm-hmm. of order. And they may it may even be a type of thing that they can manage on the fly. Be like, oh God, pre-orders are too low. Throw on promo DEFCON, promo number 12, you know? Man, I can't even say DEFCON without thinking of uh, Kanye, Kanye. But yeah, you know, no, that thing existed before. I don't think he didn't know that it was... Anyway, yeah, so they could probably go in there and mod some things and I- increase or enhance the offering even more so. But here are the current rumors. These are the likely official prices, S23, S23 Plus, S23 Ultra. This is via Phone Arena. Again, these are not official yet. They won't be official until 1 p.m. $7.99 and up for S23, $9.99 and up for S23 Plus, and $11.99 and up for S23 Ultra. These prices will obviously vary depending on which market you happen to be in. Uh, these are USD for the moment. Storage sizes as well. The rumor is up to one terabyte, though you'll have entry-level models starting at 128. Mm-hmm. And rumors around whether or not that will actually be a popular skew in the beginning or if it will be one of these bespoke orders from Samsung directly that will allow you to make that selection. Because as you know, in the past, you've been able to order unusual color combos via Samsung's website, Mm. as opposed to what ends up getting stocked at retailers and telcos and or uh, online e-commerce shops and wherever it is that you happen to purchase these things. Now, in 2023, almost everything leaks uh, prior to it coming out so you can see here snapdragon 8 gen 2 you can see 8 gigs of ram on the base models well you can go up to 12 gigs of ram on the ultra s23 ultra and uh the same thing goes for a storage which starts at 128 and as mentioned goes all the way up to 1tb that's where things get expensive when you start adding mm. that storage uh, Federal Communications Commission certi- certifications show that the base S23 is going to have 3,900 milliamp hour battery, which is a step up from the 3,700 uh, of the base S23. So, wait, the base S23 and the Plus will get a battery boost to 4,700. So it looks like, what are we looking at, 39, 47, 5,000? Maybe that's what we get, or maybe it's 37, 47, 5,000. As far as batteries go. Now, we also don't expect to see any types of magical accessories in the package. This has been determined in the past, a long time ago, that uh, you're probably going to be on your own as far as power bricks are concerned. And headphones and things like this. There's no extras in the flagship in 2023. It'll be the phone and the cable, right? Just the phone and a cable, Will. that's what you're going to be getting and then i think the other hard part and you know how it is with me like when you have a big flagship release i tend to gravitate towards one model and then actually put the sim card in there and then actually test it extensively so the most recent comparison for me will be the pixel device that i'm currently using so it's kind of funny that they have that comparison in that image right there Because that'll be my comparison. That's what I'm coming from, the Pixel 7 Pro. Prior to that, it was the Z Fold. So mm. it's if you're curious about like my point of view or my take, and obviously this show offers a little bit more opportunity to kind of dabble into there on a regular basis and just say, oh, here's my findings on this or that. And uh, I'm curious about the camera comparison. I was like, what Pixel's doing with the camera stuff? Obviously, Samsung, no slouch in that department. Mm-hmm display as well what are they doing with this brightness what are they doing with this oled their version of it 
Uh, this looks to be as well some uh, uh, front-facing images of S22. That's what that image is, yeah. right? And what you can see is a real march towards a more symmetrical design on the front. I mean, this is very uh, very close to symmetry, and I think they're going to they're going to keep pushing in that direction. Front-facing camera in the center of the display for that face unlock as well optical based but without the massive variety of sensors that you're going to see on something like a like an iphone which lets you get a little bit more screen in that location possibly at the expense of uh, some security obviously if you are if you do happen to use that feature fingerprint's going to be there so mm -hmm. that's completely uh your deal they, I mean, they even go so far on phone arena here of showcasing some different colors. Now, what is interesting here in these leaked images or renders, whatever they are, is that how the design language changes, but ever so slightly for the Ultra model. Mm. How you still have this kind of slab, this kind of a monolith stand on its own thing with just your camera units on the back. But if you look more closely, they are more different than immediately meets the eye and that mostly happens in the corners of the device so as you look up here in the corner you have a much sharper blockier edge on the ultra model compared to the plus or the standard s23 where you have a slight slight more curvature in those corners and it looks like you also have a flatter edge to grab on when compared to the ultra now the reason for that could be the bigger the phone gets the bigger it feels in your hand. And you're able to kind of trick the mind ever so slightly on, an, on a very large phone by simply curving the edge a bit. So you're not having to grasp as far around it. Mm. And so that looks like what's going on here with, and it also, you know, long-term, the longer you look at this, you realize it's a bit of an homage to the Note series where yeah. the Ultra still feels like the Note. Yeah, I think the DNA was like a notepad, like super rectangular. Mm. And then uh, now it's in the, apparently the S23. Yeah, and, and so anyway, uh, this is, we're going to find out everything permanently. Like we're going to get all the details, uh, the, the, the real uh, specifications and stuff, confirmation uh, and so forth at 1 p.m. And then hopefully also our video is dropping at 1 p.m., uh, so that you'll have these two options to go. I just got a flame emoji from Mo, so I, oh, okay. I would say that's a good sign. And obviously, I'm hoping everybody can go. We can have a little watch party on our official video mm. when that happens. Maybe we should set it as a premiere for this group to see first, whoever's in here. Whoa. I mean, I know I'm getting crazier. I don't know if Mo's watching this, but maybe we can set it as a premiere or I can help him with that. He can... Send it over my way, but we're going to have a few things to watch over the course of the day here. I really want people to settle in. I want you to keep this open in the background. I want you to get your snacks, your lunch, whatever you got to do, uh, because we're covering a few different things. So uh -huh. We're going to be running the bases today. We're going to be covering A, B, and C today. Okay. <laughs> so, but we're still, but we're still also doing a Lou Later show because this is Lou Later after all. So let's talk a yeah. little bit about the other happenings in the world, as as it would be and as it is. Apple Watch Ultra with nearly ten percent larger display is rumored to launch next year. 
A new Apple Watch Ultra with a larger 2.1-inch display will be released in 2024, according to a report uh, from Taiwanese publication Digitimes. And this comes via tech analyst and Hong Kong-based investment firm. Of course, this stuff is big news because it's who's going to make the bigger display? Which companies are going to benefit? Who do I invest in? And when do I do it? And, you know, the rest of it. I think this thing did okay. I mean, here's my reasoning. Completely anecdotal. When I was wearing this thing around, a lot of attention. Hey, is that the Ultra? Is that the Ultra? Is that an orange? Is that an orange wristband you have on? Did you get the orange one? I have the orange one. I stopped wearing it shortly after. Like oh, okay. The unit that I ordered had the orange because it's kind of the iconic one yeah. for the Ultra. And obviously, we're shooting a video on it. But I quickly switched it to one of the Velcro loops, of which little uh, lesser known fact, you can just order the standard Velcro. You don't need to get the Alpine loop. And it fits. I mean, it might be slightly less cool, but it fits and it works. In fact, I got one of the Nike ones in like an army green color mm-hmm. and found it to be more comfortable than this band. Uh, because I couldn't find, never mind Alpine Loop. I don't even remember the name of the one I was looking for. But I was looking for the one with the tab on it and the Velcro band. Okay. And it was sold out for years to come by the looks of it. Yeah. Anyway, the current display is 1.93 inches. So you go up to 2.1. It doesn't seem like much, but this is a very small little little deal. So it, it, you know, assuming that they're able to embed an even bigger display inside of that, there's no not much bezel there at the moment. So it's going to be impressive anyway. And when you're, I mean, it says it's 10% larger, but when you're scaling up anything that's pretty small to begin with, it's a welcome addition. Um, When you were wearing it, did it, uh, did it feel large? Not for me, because when I have worn watches in the past, I've gravitated towards larger watches. Yeah, which is interesting that they made it bigger instead of shrinking it. Well, we're talking about the screen size. I don't know if the form factor is going to get bigger or if they're just going to be able to shrink the bezel even more by 10%. Oh. They may be able to gotcha. fit it into the same gotcha. body size, but just have more screen to better screen to body ratio. Oh. For some reason, I was thinking there was going to be two versions of it, but yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it, it, you know, it's, this, I can't tell you how they're going to implement it, but my yeah. assumption would be is that they don't want to make it too much bigger. They just want to give you more screen for your money. Gotcha. PS2 4K emulation on the M2 Pro Mac Mini is real and spectacular. So you just take your M- M2 Pro Mac Mini and now you have PS2 and 4K. Oh. Oh, nothing wrong with that. Although they're showing it not on a Mac Mini, but on a MacBook. I presume you could do it on any of these M2 Pro chips. Emulation on the Mac has always been a difficult topic to discuss due to the great area of playing games that you don't own. But hey, you can do emulation and still own the game. It's possible. That's what everyone used to say. Yeah. I have a copy of it. I am now free to emulate. I mean, I'm not. I don't know what the rules are, but... Uh, M2 Pro Mac Mini, since owning an M1 Pro MacBook Pro since 2021, running games from Sony and Nintendo's consoles, such as PlayStation 2, GameCube, GameCube, I played Resident Evil on that, Wii U are a dream, I can easily play Zelda, Windwalker HD, Tekken 5, Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater in 4K, no issues, mm. the fun thing about playing it in 4K is like you couldn't even play the original in 4K, mm. you're enhancing making Hmm. enhancements here. However, with the M2 Pro chip debuting the Mac Mini and MacBook Pro lines back in January 2023, even more consoles could be made to work on Mac OS in even higher resolutions and with cleaner textures. Even more exciting, however, is that it also makes me wonder how Apple's rumored VR headset could benefit as well. 
Yeah, is it possible that Apple takes a different approach to gaming in the future? It is so odd that they have... I mean, the way that they've approached gaming has been a little bit strange. Yeah. I don't know, maybe strange is not the right word, but it was, you know, uh, they have the game service. I can't even remember the name of it now. Uh, Apple Arcade. Arcade. And you were sitting here thinking, man, they are so embedded and their ecosystem is so tight. They would be such a prime company to deliver some sort of integrated experience through hardware. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it's a game console per se, but some sort of safe, all-in-one uh, enclave of gaming. Uh, but they were sitting there saying, we already have all these iPads out there, and you guys have Apple TVs, and can't you just play on here? And it's, you know, some of these games, I guess, are fun, but it, it really still has that sort of mobile game type thing going on. And you never expected to, them to come into the streaming space. You never expected them to come in and, and say, we're going to do Apple TV Plus, and we're going to be like HBO or whatever. So you want AAA titles? Well, I'm just saying, if you're Apple, you got the trillions and whatever you got going on, I would just be curious to see what kind of uh, IP they could do. Like, I'm talking exclusives. Yeah. But then again, Google went with the Stadia thing, and they're like, we're out. Dear God, that's Uh weird and hard and different, and we're out. Uh So it's obviously difficult to do. In the meantime, people will be playing PS2 emulators in 4K because this stuff is more than capable from a hardware perspective. Johnny Ive designs most perfect nose in history for British charity comic relief. Ah, we're talking about the the, uh, the clown, clown the clown nose that clips on. What an odd kind of invention in general. Uh-huh. The clown nose, and everyone knows what it is. This one looks very high end. Uh, but if you were wondering what Johnny Ive's been up to, right? The, yeah. in, since there's no more iPhone or iPod for him, well, he's doing the. He's still in high demand for the clown nose. Mm-hmm. He did it for charity. Relax. Sir Johnny Ive has created a new look red nose to celebrate Red Nose Day, the annual comic relief charity telethon broadcast on British television that aims to raise money for poor and disadvantaged people. The nose is made from 95% plant-based materials. Only 95. The other five? The most toxic materials known to men. That's right. (laughs) It cannot be disposed of. Yeah. 25 eyeballs. Uh, It has a folding paper design that starts out as a small flat crescent, and it springs into a honeycomb paper sphere when opened ready to sit on one's nose. And look at the little clip. It even has a case for it and says comic relief. Well, I mean, this guy can't miss, can he? Johnny Ive, right? Like, you go talk to this guy. You're like, I need, listen, Johnny, I just need something simple here. Like, I want, him to, I want him to take a crack at everyday nuisances where I bump into I'm like, this sucks, like a coat hanger. Or uh-huh. Like, the other day I got this coat hanger, Will, and it has a really grippy texture on it. Uh-huh. And, like, it would be my hoodies and whatnot that are hung up. And you can't get it off, Will. Oh. And I'm like, where's Johnny I? Yeah. Johnny I would never make this thing. And it would be the most perfect thing. That's what I'm saying. I have a case for it. I'm like, I don't know if I need a case for my coat hanger. I don't know if I need such a luxurious unboxing experience. But thank you, Johnny, for that. Wow. They, last year, they raised $52 million. You're damn right they did, Will. 
Those is being sold for three bucks on Amazon and the Comic Relief website, where orders are limited to eight per person ahead of this year's Red Nose Day on Friday, March 17th. Donations can be made via Amazon Pay with 100% of the proceeds going to Comic Look at the way they unboxed it with the white gloves and the clean environment as if it were some sort of Apple product. They're going to sell a few of those, Will. That's cool. They're going to sell a few of those, Will. Johnny Ive is going to sell a few of those, and for charity, but he's going to sell a few of those. Yeah, Red Nose Day. I think we're we're in agreement on that. Mm -hmm. A Canadian team discovers power-draining flaw in most laptop and phone batteries. Canadian team, look at you with the local news. Mm. Breakthrough explains major cause of self-discharging batteries it points to an easy solution. You know, for me, well, one of my favorite things is when I have a device that I haven't used in a while and I pick it up and it has battery life. Mm. That is such a lovely experience when that transpires. It's very rare, but it happens from time to time. And you always appreciate when you got that killer standby. Uh, the phone, the tablet, or laptop you're reading this on is likely having its battery slowly drained because of a surprising and widespread manufacturing flaw. This is according to researchers in Halifax. Totally unexpected. The problem, tiny pieces of tape that hold the battery components together are made from the wrong type of plastic. Batteries release power because of a chemical reaction inside each battery cell. There are two types of metal. One acts as a positive electrode and the other as a negative uh, held in an electrolyte fluid or paste in the form of commonly lithium. When you connect the cables to each end of the battery, electrons flow through the cables, providing power to light bulbs, laptops, whatever else is on the circuit. If the electrons don't follow the cables, you have a problem when they move from one charge side of the battery uh, to the other through the electrolyte. It's called self-discharge. Now, what does the tape have to do with this? In search of the perfect battery... They did tests, elevated temperatures. We want to be able to do testing in reasonable time frames. It are, are, is there some sort of interference applied by these tapes? During one of these tests, the clear electrolyte flu- fluid turned red. The team was puzzled. Isn't supposed to do that, he said. Chemical analysis of the red substance and found it was dimethyl terephthalate. DMT. <laughs> <laughs> well is that rogan's laptop yeah <laughs> just fill with dmt is that a different dmt i think i so. thought it was dimethyl tryptamine tryptamine yeah easy this will. is something else tryptamine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. tryptamine you yeah. know don't you know tryptamine uh look it's a dimethyl tryptamine <laughs> It's close though. Well, why do they call it with? It came off of. Term? It came off similar structure to another yeah. molecule, polyethylene terephthalate. It came off the plastic used in the tape. Whoa, that's kind of a cool finding. Those small segments of tape made of PET, the plastic have been causing the electrolyte fluid to turn red and self-discharge the battery. What tiny little piece of tape? You would think that they would look. They would would look into that. Well, not overlook uh-huh. it. I, I presume this is not affecting all types of batteries, but obviously enough to warrant the finding and the investigation. Tech mm. industry takes notice. Some of the world's largest computer hardware companies and electric vehicle manufacturers were very interested. A lot of the companies made clear that this is very relevant to them. 
They want to make changes to these components in their battery cells because, of course, they want to avoid self-discharge. Of course they do. Probably Elon called them up. He said, what's going on here? Mm. He said, got that DMT or what? I got all these Teslas with the, the DMT. Why are my Teslas full of DMT? Yeah. I lent them to Rogan. How to I get rid of them? Tesla, speaking of Tesla, is going to build a factory in Mexico City, says a government official. Well, they just can't stop going, can they? These yeah. Tesla guys. My goodness, giga this, giga that. Um, look at look at that image. Every time they do a rendering of their new, whatever their new factory is going to be, it always looks so good. It always looks yeah. so futuristic and like, look, oh, look, the nature is thriving around their enormous industrial footprint. Yeah. This looks like production. Glowing. Yeah. Look at the trucks just arriving at the bay doors. Well, this would be, but on the flip side, Will, probably a couple of jobs for some people. Will, would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Tesla's going to build an assembly factory in Mexico City, according to Representative President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. The new rumored factory, apparently on top of the rumored factory in Nuevo Leon, Mexico. Last year, we report on Tesla's CEO, Elon Musk, confirming that Tesla's considering sites for a new factory in Canada, Mexico, and the United States. Well, you're talking about that, what is it, NAFTA? Uh, do they have a new name for these trade agreements? But this this the line? connection of countries here yeah. uh, spells opportunity for someone like Tesla, and they got to take advantage of it. They can get into all kinds of funky trade stuff, Canadian-made vehicles sold in the U.S. to take advantage of XYZ incentive, Mexican vehicles for Mexico yeah. or southern United States or, you know, they're, they got accountants, dude. I wonder why they uh, chose Mexico. I mean, Canada was in the mix, too. No, no, I think they're going to do one of each. Oh, yeah? Eventually, yeah. Eventually. Eventually, you got to have one of each, and you can go back and forth across these borders. And What do you think in Canada? Canada? In Canada, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Where will you put in Canada? Uh, well, around here. Because in, <laughs> yeah. in the past, you've had an automotive yeah. sector that thrived in these Just, parts down in Oshawa. And okay, yeah, I can you see have that. you have to have it along this corridor because if these units that end up would end up getting made here are destined for the U.S., then you got to get them on that horseshoe. They got to go over in Windsor, or they got to go over. They pretty much kind of got to go over down that way. So you got to mm-hmm. be around Lake Ontario, mm-hmm. which it has been in the, in the past. Windsor, you got to plant in Oakville, Oshawa. It's all around that Lake Ontario region. Mm. Steel City. I presume, yeah, Hamilton. Yeah. Boost up Hamilton. I don't know. I presume it's it would be in and around there, and you would have uh, a, a, a large population to draw from as well for talent and for employment and so on. Anyway, well, it sounds like it's going to be <laughs> top, top comment. Mexico is thick with corruption, deadly corruption from the president on down. Cheap cost of labor will be eaten by the security requirements. Oh, other, compa- other companies have figured out how to manufacture vehicles in Mexico. You have, uh, you have VW over there and a bunch of others. You know what else? Some of the best hockey sticks in the world are made in Mexico. You, oh, didn't, yeah. you didn't know that. No. Yeah, so like, uh, there's a popular hockey stick company m- making carbon based mm. sticks that manufacture some of their models in China, but then some of their high-end models have to come out of the Mexico plant. Oh, wow. Don't ask me why. 
but it's a rumor there that those are the superior ones for some reason. I also, when I think of Mexican goods, I also think of guitars because when I was a youngster getting into playing guitar, they would say, well, you can't afford the American Strat, but you could get the Mexican Strat. And it would be a Fender, but it would just be made in Mexico instead. And people were like, that was pretty good value. Mm -hmm. Not the same thing, obviously, but I don't know how particular people are about that in 2023. But anyway, I think Tesla will figure it out. They'll probably get all types of machine guns and police protection around there. Yeah. Corruption. I, I, I don't know. Slippery slope. I don't know. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm sure that they know what they're doing. Well, congrats, Tesla. Am I sure that they know what they're doing? No, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm not sure. Yeah. That I know what they're doing. Uh, Consumer Reports calls Ford's automated driving tech much better than Tesla's. (sighs) You know, ever since this weather got really grimy out, my uh, uh, full Uh self-driving was super Uh wonky, dude. Like, I don't think... No, you can't do full self-driving on... uh, On what? Winter roads. Yeah, but I just even mean, like, last night. There's no weird conditions. It's, It's a pretty clear night, and there's nothing on the ground. Nothing on the cameras? Nothing. I got a car wash. Oh, okay. Nothing on the cameras, but still visibility. There's too many obstructions. I don't know. Is it snow that's been on the banks that was plowed a long time ago? Is yeah. it the salt that's on the road obscuring some of the lines? I'm not sure, but it's... Reflections. Definitely wonky, and it's something that should be considered with those thinking about purchasing it in certain climates. Now, granted, for us, it's basically... I don't know, a month. Since we barely had winter this year, it seems like it's just going to be February that's Mm. going to be an issue. Mm. But still, it's worth noting. Ford's automated system, I don't think I've actually used. I think they call it, is it Blue Cruise? Is it? I don't think I've actually used it. Tesla's autopilot, which at its core combines lane keep assist, traffic aware cruise control to help guide a car down a highway, was once groundbreaking technology. We We, of course, know that many different makers are doing their versions of it now including General Motors, Mercedes-Benz. General Motors call it Super Cruise. Mm. Ford is called Blue Cruise. Mercedes has some other name. How are we supposed to remember all these names? GM's Cadillac, Toyota's Lexus. Blue Cruise has two major differences from Tesla's autopilot and most of the others. First, the Ford system is designed to allow drivers to leave their hands off the steering wheel for long periods of time while driving on highways that have been pre-mapped in detail. Second, Blue Cruise uses an infrared camera instead inside the car. Inside the car! Mm. Inside the car, Will. To monitor the driver's face and make sure they are paying attention to the road ahead. Oh, well, Tesla has those, but I don't know if it's infrared. I don't think so. GM Super Cruiser Trank second is the only other system tested by Consumer Reports that works this way. Ford's driver monitoring technology is one of the major reasons that Blue Cruise ranks so highly. Tesla Autopilot and most others, by contrast, can detect only the pull of a driver's hand. That's not true. Because in full self-driving, I could have my hand on the wheel, but if I'm playing with the monitor too much, it'll be like, hey, man. Because you, when really? you opt in, it, there is something looking at you. Yep. But I don't know. Maybe they're in their comparison. Hmm. But anyway, whatever it is that can allow you to have your hand completely off the wheel is pretty cool. Some systems that use only the weight of a hand on the steering wheel to indicate drivers' attentiveness still allow drivers to not touch the steering wheel for a worryingly long time. Hmm. 
hands-free for 30 seconds before the audible alert. 30 seconds is not that long. What you talking about? Hmm. Listen, every single one of these companies is going to have their own implementation, their own version, and their own tech as far as sensors and things are concerned. Mm -hmm. So, oh, Tesla's full self-driving optional feature promises to one day provide assistance in a broad range of situations, including urban driving, was not evaluated in these tests. So it was just autopilot? I don't know if that's a fair comparison. Just the stock autopilot versus Blue Cruise? Maybe it is. Maybe it's a fair comparison. It's not a, I don't know. Full self-driving is much different than autopilot. Mm -hmm. So, but I would like to experiment with more of these uh, versions. Yeah. And hopefully going forward, I will get a chance to, so then I can do the comparison as well. Mm -hmm. OpenAI releases a tool to detect AI-generated text, including from ChatGPT. Oh. So they're like, see, keep using us in the classroom, please. Don't ban us. Mm-hmm. We're, we'll help you detect us. So you can have a, a, a healthy kind of policy regarding the use of our products in your classroom. After telegraphing the move in media appearances, OpenAI has launched a tool to attempt to distinguish between human-written and AI-generated text like the text produced by the company's own ChatGPT and GPT-3 module, and I guess other uh, competitors even, the classifier isn't particularly accurate. Its success rate is around 26%. You're telling me that ChatGPT can't detect if ChatGPT text is human uh, or ChatGPT generated. Well, that's because it's so good and accurate. It's like, hmm, did I write this? Uh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> And then if it's 26% accurate, imagine being the teacher that's like, this is, uh, this was not generated by you. And the person's like, yes, it was. Yeah, I did this. It's like, I put it Come in the, uh, the class. really hard. Put it in the classifier. And uh-huh. it said it, it, it wasn't you. Can you imagine? The classifier aims to help mitigate false claims that AI-generated text was written by a human. However, it still has a number of limitations that should be used as a complement to other methods of determining the source of text instead of being the primary decision-making tool. We're making this initial classifier available to get feedback on whether tools like this are useful and hope to share improved methods in the future. Listen, you were using ChatGPT earlier. You broke it in about five seconds. (laughs) You were trying to get a title for a video, and it's like, hey, man, leave me alone. Uh, and you were like... installed for, like, um, I don't know, five minutes, and it, is, it gave me an error. Listen, man, it is so hot right now that it's... I spend way too much time just trying to get on. So the fact that you got on in this day and age at this moment right now is pretty impressive. You got to kind of wait around. Anyway, I liked the first version of their title, so we'll basically ask ChatGPT for a title for a previous clip that we did on yesterday's episode where a steering wheel uh, basically mid-freeway trip pops off of a Tesla Model Y, and then it came with two separate title options. The first, Tesla owner's shocking experience, steering wheel comes loose on the highway. What I like about this one is it's personalized to the Tesla owner and their experience. But it is a little bit long. So then Will says shorter in a, in a very angry way, like a human would. And ChatGPT responds with Tesla steering wheel loosens on highway. To which Will responds more vague. Yeah. 
and he's trying to make it mysterious or i think i broke one of their servers and uh, obviously chat gpt at this point melts down he he the core the internal core has a meltdown yeah i'll keep trying willie do goes on with his day so i i do think that there's ex um inspiration here yeah you know? it's helped. shocking steering it's, hel it's helping you highway, well yeah. listen i don't mind the first There's title a, a bunch of keywords here i think you should try works. it i think you should try the first title there okay if you haven't already selected one and then we can give ChatGPT credit for it mm -hmm. oh the robot lawyer stunt was canceled yeah quick update on that after human lawyers objected well obviously they objected they're like hey man what are you doing mm. you set the precedent over here don't you know about precedents we're all lawyers you know about presses you let this let this guy in over here what happens to us hmm. we went we paid like a lot that. of money we went to a lot of yeah. school we paid a lot of money we got all these outfits in the yeah. closet yeah. it's planning on being a lawyer for a while uh -huh. do not pay has canceled plans to have its ai powered robot lawyer represented defending the u.s court after several human lawyer organizations objected to the experiment according to company founder and ceo joshua browder Browder hoped to make history by becoming the first lawyer to use artificial intelligence to argue case in court of law. As Meta News previously reported, the plan was to use the company's AI chatbot in a traffic case scheduled for February 22nd. After receiving threats from state bar prosecutors, it seems likely they will put me in jail for six months if I follow, if I follow through bringing the robot in the courtroom. They're like, hey, how about this? We're all the lawyers and we'll put you in jail. He's like, can you do that? They're like, yes. It's like robot lawyer. Can you defend me? They're like, we do have that capability. He's like, isn't that, don't, doesn't there have to be a charge or something? They're like, no, we're very good at what we do. Check the closet. Look at our outfits. Uh -huh. And he's like, oh, damn. This. One's holding a crowbar. He's like, damn, you do have some fancy outfits in there. I can't, I don't want to mess with this. I got to put this thing down. Uh -huh. In the now abandoned case, do not pay intended to feed audio of the court arguments into its AI chatbot. The robot lawyer would in turn provide responses to the unnamed defendant through an earpiece. The chatbot runs on a smartphone. All it was going to do is just speak into his ear. Like a defendant themselves could just represent themselves and then use this. They could type in mm. or have it have the earpiece. Could they not? I mean, how would they know? It obviously wouldn't get the publicity of admitting it in the first place that that's what's going on. But I would assume there's a workaround over here because you can represent yourself. Yeah. So what if representing yourself means using a tool? Like, are you allowed books? Are you allowed other materials? Can you search something up? I, I don't know all the rules around this, but I do know the lawyers weren't too happy about it. And they sure weren't happy about all the press it got, mm. about ChatGPT targeting them. They're like, you go take the other jobs. You go to the advertising businesses. You, you go to the hospital and the triage. You leave us alone, mm. is what they said. And they said, hey, if you don't, we'll prosecute. Yeah, and GPT is like, or uh, do not pay whatever this guy's chatbot is like. All right. Well, it seems like small claims is um, something that they're going to give up, but they're going to work with large corporations to mm. deal with bigger issues. Yeah, because couldn't you also feed in some perspective questions and then have it spit out some suggestions to you and then you make notes? Hmm. You see what I mean? Like, you're allowed to have your notes. I don't know. This is all pretty squirrely, but look at the way they came with the threat. What does that show you, Will? Yeah. What does it show you, dude? Lawyers like their jobs. 
You saying lawyers like the lawyer? Yeah. Is that what you're saying, Will? Yeah. 89% of college students admit to using ChatGPT for homework. Study claims 89. Wait, what? Wait, what? We did a previous topic. We were talking about those that were willing to admit on a survey that they had used ChatGPT uh, on their actual finals, mm-hmm. on exams, essays, and so on. Homework is a different question. And I also think like everybody doesn't really answer these things. It's not not and if they do, do they answer it authentically? I mean, I know it's anonymous, but you never know. Yeah. But then you ask the homework question, just generic homework. Have you used it for homework? And then I guess according to this article, eighty nine percent of college students say, Well, a uh, hell yeah. That's why Willie Do can't get on. That's why we're melting down the internal core of Chat GPT because we're all doing homework right now. Uh-huh. Well, Chat. we're not doing the homework. Chat yeah. GPT's doing the homework. We're just sitting there watching it do the homework. You understand? Mm-hmm. We're inputting it. Educators are battling new reality, easily accessible AI that allows students to make immense, take immense shortcuts, is taking over the world. Online course providers, study.com, asked a thousand students over the age of 18 about their use of ChatGPT. Responses were surprising. A full 89% said they'd used it on homework and 48% confessed they've made use of it for a complete, to complete an at-home test or quiz. 50% 50% said they use ChatGPT to write an essay, and 22% admitted to having asked ChatGPT for a paper outline. The paper outline, everybody seems okay. They're like, let me get an outline. Mm-hmm. We get an outline real quick. Even you, even you, when you were asked about titling and stuff, you're like, I, I, I do a little brainstorm. I do a little brainstorm. Who am I talking to? To your ChatGPT. Oh. Okay. You say, hey, Chat, I'm going to just. Like you're trying to justify yourself to, uh, to, to a it. robot. Yeah, that's right. Let's do a little brainstorm. What do you say? Try to be like, oh, I don't mind whatsoever. I have a Boston accent. It seems like it seems like the brainstorm or the outline is yeah. where everybody feels comfortable. And then you, Inspiration. you work your way up to, uh, let's say, at home test or quiz. And everyone's like, my God, the world is falling apart. Yeah. So there is a range to it, but it is worth discussing and it is complicated because obviously well you can imagine the ability to think and the ability to comprehend the ability to express oneself all these things are kind of different in an environment where our knee jerk is to have it generated instead of generating it from here where we have for Mm -hmm. however many years we've been doing that so big implications over here. Mm-hmm. A new version of the Ford Thunderbird looks ready for a nameplate revival. Wait a second. This looks like a race car over here. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about with all the logos and such? Yeah. I remember the Thunderbird. It did not look like that the last time we saw it. What did it look like? You kidding? The last time we saw a Thunderbird, it was a different type of appeal, which wasn't. Was it Ford? It was that one right there. It was a, a 2004 Ford Thunderbird. Yeah, that's the last time we saw it. They were oh, wow. collectible. That, and That DNA looks so different than the old one. Well, they tried to basically make a retro modern. Like, it Got sort it. of has a Pixar thing going on, the new yeah. one. 
it's hard to pinpoint what it was, but I remember people were actually collecting these things at one time. Okay, yeah. And when you see it with the top up, it looks even weirder. Uh, retro new type of situation. But what you just showed me is is wild. Like, I like the look of what you just showed. It kind of, oh, it's mean, but it's American looking. I It has some things going on that I like. Uh, many beloved vehicles are getting revivals. Yeah, people are feeling the strongness. Oh, my look at the back. God, it looks like a monster. I am all over it. Looks like a monster. Right? Yeah. Holy it's cool. cow. One hell of a trunk on it, too. These are concept images. Like, I don't know if this, uh-huh. this is this is one of those wishful thinking type of situations. Ford built the first Thunderbird starting with its model year 1955 through 1997. Wow. And also, what a name for a car. Mm-hmm. Thunderbird. <laughs> it went on a five-year hiatus, returning to its roots in 2002, which is the one that I just showed you. From 2002 to 2005, Ford has not indicated they'll revive the Thunderbird for a future generation, but that doesn't stop people imagining things or enthusiasm for the brand. This does look like it's ready to do battle with the Challenger. Yeah. And I'm, I'm here for it. I, there's no way it's going to get made like this with that crazy long tail. I just can't imagine it, but it would be damn cool if it was an actual thing. It does look like a race car as well. At least the front of it. Oh, hell yeah, it does. When you put the hot cars uh, who did the render, when you put their logo all over it, yeah, things are looking fast. BuzzFeed smashes records for trading volume on OpenAI Frenzy. We are, of course, talking about the announcement that was made a few days ago that BuzzFeed would embrace ChatGPT-like tools from OpenAI in order to aid in the publication of its website. We're talking quizzes and, oh, dare I say, brainstorming and outlines. We're only going to be doing outlines, that's all. Don't, don't get too worried or concerned. There's plenty of humans here still. You look around, I don't see any. Yeah. ChatGPT, I don't. There's no humans. There's plenty of humans. Where are you keeping them, ChatGPT? In the closet? Is that where the humans are? Oh, we value our humans and the human involvement in our publication. And everything we do is approved by the humans. Yeah, where are the humans? Visit and you see them in the back room with the tape over their mouths. They're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yep, we approve. There's poop everywhere. So anyway, people, Wall Street and investors, they loved it. They're like, woo, Buzzfeed, AI, woo, invest in that. That sounds like the future to me humans who needs them oh it looks like it went back down though it boosted up off open ai stuff and then it was people were like wait a second we're all dead 
No, maybe people were like, wait a second, is this even going to be that good? Like, is, they, those people went in and they started using ChatGPT and it started melting down like it did for you. They're this like, is the moment where someone said, wait a second. Yeah, wait a second. But hey, we don't even know that all versions will be the same, right? Because there was the rumor that there's going to be like a paid version and maybe that version is sure. going to be more sophisticated. Sure. But anyway, they're going to have like an official partnership. It's not... Uh, like you and I trying to get a title for a video and having a laugh. Mm. They want to have an official BuzzFeed. I mean, maybe we can have an official partnership. We're basically BuzzFeed. I mean, we're CNN. We're all these yeah. things. We're daily, brother. I don't know if you noticed. I've noticed. We're daily and we're human. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah. And we've got an S23 watch party going on right now. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah. We're having fun, right? Right? <laughs> I don't know, are we? DoorDash says, no tip, no trip. Well, DoorDash itself doesn't say it, but apparently this is uh, well known in the delivery community. No tip, no trip. This is a word of warning. Uh-huh. It's a TikTok, uh, TikTok life hack. TikTok. <laughs> that sounds like a pleasant dessert. I'll take, I'll have a, you know what? I'm going to have uh, one TikTok of those. TikTok toffee? I'm going to have one of those TikTok bars. Oh, yeah. yeah. Doesn't it sound kind of like butterscotch or uh-huh, uh-huh. Biscoff, which you love? Oh, big fan. It's a merging of the, that's funny how a word can sound appetizing. Yeah. Uh, this is a TikTok life hack for you. No tip, no trip, ladies and gentlemen. Check it out. I'm going to let you in on a little check it out. I'm going to let you in on something. Guess what happens to all the bags when there's no tips? I'm a DoorDash delivery driver. I'm going to let you in on something. Yeah, they sit there forever and nobody takes them. They take other bags instead. They check for the ones that have tips on it and they go deliver that one. Yeah. Now, obviously, somebody like uh, DoorDash or Uber Eats or whoever is going to hate to see something like this. And I'm a big DoorDash guy, but I, you know, I'm also doing the tipping. But we did a clip the other day. We said, "Are people have people had too much with the tipping? Mm-hmm. Have they are they fed up with the tipping? Mm-hmm. Can they handle the tipping mm-hmm. and the auto and the buttons? Boom, 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 boom. Next thing you know, the delivery shows up four hundred dollars. You got two meals. Mm-hmm. Like, what did I do? I, I tipped the birds on the street on the way over here. Mm-hmm. Gave them some." Who didn't get tipped on the way over here? Yeah. Yeah, I tipped my neighbor on the way over here. <laughs> Pockets are just lined with dollar bills. Yeah, every per kilometer. It's a per it's, kilometer yeah. tipping structure. I, I, I tip, it's cash out the window on the way there. Uh-huh. No, but all, in all seriousness, I don't know how their business models even, like, you know, how key the tipping is to make the thing worthwhile to do it's much like you have special agreements and things like for for uh, waiters in some places where the initial wage will be really low because of the assumption of the tipping mm-hmm. and i know a lot of people disagree with it. they say just pay the wage and like stop already but the tipping culture appears to not be going anywhere and if anything it appears to be increasing so I mean, here we have some quotes. My daughter works for DoorDash, and she gets paid like $2 per hour. So her salary is based off tips. Yeah. Well, there you go. It wouldn't be exclusive to waiters in restaurants. Now you've got the delivery people that are working in the same way. Uh, 350 for Dashers, but they make 11 
detail the comment there. We got to pressure DD to raise the wages. So that goes for all of them. We got to find that healthy balance. Mm. So there's more transparency for the user. What am I actually paying for? How do we keep the cost down? Make sure the drivers get a piece. Like it's all spread out. We got to do this efficiently, right? Well, oh, yeah. Last one. Illinois school district worker accused of taking $1.5 million in chicken wings. <laughs> excuse, excuse moi. How do you even transport 11,000 cases of chicken? I mean, he must have had a deal. He or she mm-hmm. must have had a deal with the local uh, wing place. They're like, I'll deliver the chicken wings. You deliver the cash. 11,000 cases. Or they just became a distributor of chicken wings. Where are they storing the chicken wings? These are frozen. They got to be kept chilled. Yeah. This is a huge operation. There's a lot of logistics here. An official at a Chicago, Illinois area school district was arrested for stealing $1.5 million worth of food, mainly chicken wings. Associated Press reported that Vera Liddell, 66 years old, was held at the Cook County Jail on a $150,000 bond. Wow. A 66-year-old is in yeah. this, is getting into this business. And none of the students will get chicken wings. Oh. Yeah, they're like, they're like, get the lunch lady is not on the menu today. Yeah. But I thought there was supposed to be. Remember when we used used to have the wings? Forget about it. Yeah. Never again. They're all involved in it. Yeah. I'm joking. I'm sure that's not the case. This is, it's all alleged. So, television station reviewed court documents showed over 11,000 cases of chicken wings ordered and picked up in a district cargo van. That time, students were learning remotely, yet the district continued serving meals that parents could pick up and also catch the deliveries of the chicken wing. Must have been selling to small grocery stores and... Yeah, you would have to diversify. God, no a, whole, bulk sales. a whole little COVID side business going on, selling the chicken wings. It's, you know, listen, don't underestimate. <laughs> There's enough of us out. There's all kinds of people doing all kinds of wacky things, right? Mm-hmm. And this is obviously no exception. So, listen, we are almost at that moment of Galaxy Unpacked starting up. We are like three minutes away, assuming they start right at 1 p.m. I also mentioned to everybody here that we have the craziest S23 unboxing video, S23 Uh Ultra unboxing video, which is dropping in mere moments. Uh, So we're going to actually keep it locked here on the broadcast and the event. And I am going to currently go and check about the status of our video, which is the one that you want. And it looks like it might be ready to go. I see some details being inserted. So possibly in the next two minutes, you will see the debut of our video along with the official event. Uh So let's uh, keep it locked here for like two minutes. And I converse with Mo, although he he may not even need to give me two minutes. I'm gonna be right back. Give me two minutes. All right.